welcome to the Blue and White Brothers, the podcast all about Penn State football. Conversation and commentary from a fan perspective. I'm Tom Gaffman. And I'm Andy Gaffman. And we are the Blue and White Brothers. Two brothers, two takes, one team. Well, we are back with uh, another look-ahead show. We're going to be looking at Penn State facing the fighting Blue Hens of Delaware. Uh, we'll be getting into that in a little bit. But um, before we do, bro, I just wanted to go back to last week's game. Um, we got a chance to tailgate together. And uh, thank you to the McKibben family for letting us crash your tailgate. But, um, bro, I, it got me thinking, when you're talking about food that you eat during the football season, and, and I could say in a tailgate situation or other times when you're eating food around football, do you have a preferred football food? Um, I mean, whatever the freest food is the best <laughs> food. <laughs> but, you know, I, I, well, like, I, we don't, we have, I haven't been to a tailgate. Are you talking about tailgate or are you talking about just like at home watching? Either or, either or, but like food that goes well with football, you know, that, that you associate. Ideally, like a nice sausage or brat is happening. I mean, gr- gr- the first half of the season is like, yeah, let's grill some stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then, like, you know, once it starts getting into like colder season, I like me a good chili. Dude, I'm with you 100%. I was going to say chili is my football food. Well, then my question to you is what kind of chili? And then I have a follow-up question. Well, I for me... You're a chicken I, chili. You're like a, you're like a white chili kind of guy, aren't you? I, no, 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 uh, Turkey chili. You're a turkey chili guy. <laughs> tofu chili. Yeah, to, tofu <laughs> chili. No, no, no. I mean, I do... I do have a really nice um, white chicken chili recipe. Uh, knew that, it. I knew it. But for football, for football, uh, I go with your classic yeah. like beef chili with black beans. I like to put some corn in there. Yes, uh, fresh, you know, uh, onions and peppers. I like lots of corn and and and, uh, and beans in mine. Yeah, and I recently switched to a no tomato sauce chili. And it's just beef broth and all those other things simmered. It's so much better than the old like tomato sauce chili that like we used to have growing up. And this is, in my opinion, no offense, mom. That I just is delicious. And the thing I love about it is I can make it in the morning, set it on the crock pot on low simmer, and by the time the football game comes around. You are ready to go. I got to do is pop in some cornbread a half hour before halftime. And um, so you're a cornbread guy. Are you a saltines or oyster crackers guy? Heck no. I think you've just ruined the deliciousness of that food. What about corn chips? Corn chips are acceptable. Yes, 100%. <laughs> what about a sour cream and chives? Yeah, sour cream and, um, of course, cheese on the top. You know, like uh, I'll do like a, a Mexican blended cheese or whatever. Do you like spicy? Yeah, give me a fair amount of heat. Not like I have to run to the bathroom by the fourth quarter heat, but you know, you, you want your tongue to tingle a little bit. Um, and I think I th- to how me much that, butter on your cornbread. <laughs> so, so lots uh, or little. Crusties makes a delicious honey cornbread. It is the best thing I've ever had. It blows Jiffy out of the water. I'm glad you brought up the brand Crusties. What the heck kind of brand name is Crusties? It really gives you just saying it out loud makes you feel weird. No, yeah, you're like I'm gonna buy the Krusty's brand. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm yeah, buying yeah. the cru- like okay, Krusty Burger. No, All no. right. <laughs> um, but this is a this this cornbread is so um, it's per- so perfect. Like you don't even yeah. need butter. Yeah, on it. I'm a big it's cornbread just, guy. For it's sure. just delicious. I'm um, buttering the heck out of it. And then of course, like a really good. Uh, IPA or something like that to go along with it. I prefer having a vehicle to transport my chili into my gullet, like cornbread. <laughs> okay, I gotcha. Uh, even a piece of bread, like I or, or or like you know, like a nice piece of bread, not just like a loaf, but like a, a nice like baguette of some sort. Um, but I do like crunch with my with my chili. We're, we're spending so much time on this, but I love it. Um, <laughs> makes me makes me want chili now. But like I do like crumbled. It's too up hot. Crackers. It's like ninety degrees here today. Yeah. I'm like yeah, sweating yeah, yeah. through my shirt right now, but all right, let's uh, let's move on. Let's move yeah, on. yeah. All right. Well, hey, um, what kind? 
it's just a good opportunity for a mailbag contribution. Like, what's your favorite football food, guys? Let us know. Um, maybe we'll read some of those at a future podcast. But maybe we'll um, have you make it for us. Anyway, uh, here's what we got uh, today. Uh, we will have a mailbag uh, in just a few moments. Um, uh, the bulk of the episode will be scouting Delaware, um, talking about that team, which we're playing this coming Saturday. Um, and then we'll wrap up with uh, By the Numbers with Joel Bettner. He'll be joining us in just a little bit. Um, as we get going, don't forget to subscribe and follow the podcast so you don't miss an episode. Share with your Penn State friends. Uh, write us a review, a rating. Send us an email and uh, engage with us. And um, speaking of, we got an email today for the mailbag. Uh, well, let's open it on up. Mailbag time. All right. Well, we have another mailbag from Shane Dowd. And uh, Shane, I want to thank you for writing in. And uh, Thanks for being our new Joel Bettner. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and uh, he... He has a question for us about that West Virginia game, and this is a good one, I think. He says, gents, pretty good showing across the board on Saturday night. My question for you, which I've been debating myself, are you more excited after Drew Aller's performance or more disappointed by the performance of our defense against the run? To me, I'm, uh, right now, I'm in, I'm in the positive flow. <laughs> I'm in the positive flow. I'm in the Drew Aller uh, positive train, and that train's moving forward. I'm not in the negative of the defense going backwards. I'm, I'm. It's, it's an easy answer for me. I, I definitely, I, I, I was, <laughs> I really like. It, you know, in years past, I think I could have gotten hung up on the defense not um, showing out the way I expected and, and the way a lot of people anticipated. But it really just it's, it was overshadowed by Drew's uh, performance. And I mean, he was just so efficient and effective and really just did everything you really needed to do. A few mistakes here and there, but like <laughs> starter is a first first year starter, first first game starting and the guy lit it up. He lit it up. After we've had so many seasons where we have been wishing for a quarterback who could just do what we see all those other top-level quarterbacks do, watching it happen before our eyes and with the you know apparent effortlessness that it happened was just incredible. I'm also in the Drew Aller camp. Um, I'm, I couldn't be more excited about uh, the Penn State passing attack. I couldn't be more excited about the Penn State quarterback. Um, you know, it's weird. It's... Penn State is not a team that you generally get excited. Like we all want to get excited about the quarterback, but like over the last 30 years where I've sort of, I mean, 35 years where I've been conscious about Penn State football, there are just a, a, a very small number of times where I felt like the quarterback that we have is the guy that's going to take us where we need to go. You know, and we've had some okay quarterbacks. We've had some good quarterbacks. We've had some pretty good quarterbacks, but to have a guy who's like, truly elite, you know, and it may be premature to say that about Drew Aller, but he just, what he showed on the field against a power five opponent let me, last let Saturday me pose was incredible. You, let me pose you a little, a little concept here. All right. Let's hear your concept. Do, do you remember what Sean Clafford, Sean, Sean Clifford, stat, Sean Clafford, <laughs> uh, <laughs> do you remember what Sean Clifford's stats were in the Michigan game? Last year's Michigan game? Yeah, the Michigan game. I, I have erased most most of that game from my mind, so no. <laughs> Andy, he was 7 for 19 for 120 yards. Ugh. Okay, so even when the the they started running away with it, you know, it was it was it was fourteen to tw uh, sixteen at the half. Michigan was up by two. You know, we weren't out of it by any stretch of the imagination there, even though like the statistics were not looking great. But then we only scored three points in the third quarter and none in the fourth, and Michigan went on and scored twenty five points in a row. All right, so yeah, we were actually up. We were actually up seventeen. Ineffective we actually, on every measure. So we were actually up seventeen to sixteen at that point. Now, Ugh. once they started running away with it. They were just like controlling the game. But at that point, we needed to start passing the ball to catch up, you know, and Clifford could not do it for the life of him. And it's not even like they had a, an incredible, that incredible of a, of a passing secondary. Um, it's just that Clifford 
couldn't do anything. He couldn't manage the pass rush and the pressure well enough no. to find and, his and open receivers. No, and what did Aller do? He managed the pass rush and the pressure and was able to throw to receivers that were, you know, getting open um, for him. Or he was throwing them open in some cases because he could anticipate the timing of their breaks properly and get and and get the ball exactly where it needs to go quickly. He, yeah, and, I mean, and, and that's a thing that a good quarterback like not a good quarterback, but like an elite quarterback does for you is they're like your get out of jail free card, right? Absolutely. They're like your, your Trump card or your like, you know, Joker card where you're like, here you go. Well, this will be, I can get out of any situation because my best player who has a quarterback in his hands gives you has a chance. that ball in his hands. Every play gives you a chance. Gives you a chance. And to do we didn't have that things. chance to come back in the Michigan game. And we got Michigan at home this year. And to me, yeah, interesting. You know, I, I don't think that like, like he's like Drew Aller can be like the eraser of like if our defensive interior of our yeah, line has a has a bad day. Yeah, like okay, great. You're you're can their run game win in a shootout with our pass game? Is what I wonder. Like like is that an even comparison when we might not be able to run? Very fascinating. So yeah. I, you know, I, I'm I'm gonna take our defensive line woes, you know, so to speak, uh, you know, with the the high of Drew Aller. Yeah, and I think you know my sense is, I mean, I was disappointed. I was disappointed in the defense especially against the run. I, I expected something that was a little more uh, dominant. I expected to, to to shut them down a little more consistently. Um, I I think this will get better for them. Um, I, I think tackling is hard in practice. We, you know, people are shutting down contact outside of the games. And so I think, you know, in a lot of respects, the first game may be harder on the defense than it is on the offense because it's the first time they're really getting a chance to hit guys and wrap guys up and getting hit full speed and things like that. I mean, I don't know if that's really the case, but it it, it feels that way anyway, um, that, that that might be an explanation. So, you know, for what it's worth, I think, um, uh, you know, I, I think the defense will improve. And the thing that I was more worried about and uncertain about going into it was how the passing attack and and the fact that it the fact that it looked as good as it did was just I mean it was just incredible. Um, by the way, Drew, excuse me. By the way, Shane, who's not a quarterback, <laughs> the guy who wrote in. <laughs> by the way, Shane, uh, he gives his take on this, and I'm just gonna read this. Um, he says, "My two cents. This is almost a toss-up. I was beyond impressed by Aller, but I almost feel like there is more disappointment associated with watching that run defense gashed again, especially after the last two seasons in that department. I'm also decidedly more disappointment in our run defense compared to our special teams display. Interesting comment. There." There's just too much talent and depth along the PSU front seven for them not to control the game against a team like West Virginia University. And I just want to say, Shane, um, that it sounds like you're suffering from a fairly common ailment, which mm -hmm. is PSPTSD. That's Penn State Post Traumatic Stress Disorder. Mm -hmm. With the way you've been triggered by the being gashed in the run defense, and um, really the the prescription for that is to find a supportive group of friends and, <laughs> and uh, start a I, podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and ideally, ideally watch Penn State win uh, games that they would have lost in previous seasons, and you'll start feeling better in no time. All right. Well, I think that'll do it for the mailbag. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Shane, for writing in. Um, appreciate it. Um, well, let's uh, let's turn our attention to uh, this game ahead. Um, hey, real quick before we do the game look ahead, Andy, I just want to do a, a, a quick update. We typically don't have the opportunity to do this on a Tuesday, but the AP new AP poll did just drop, so we're gonna do a quick news and notes oh, here. Sure. And I'm just gonna say, I, you know, should I play the ditty? No, 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 no. We don't need to do that. I'll, I'll, you know, teams that stayed the same were Georgia and Michigan at number one and number two. I'm just going to run down um, a couple of the hits here. Alabama went from uh, four to three. Florida State jumped all the way up to number eight. Ohio State dropped from three to five. Uh, I'm sorry, Fl Florida State jumped all the way to, from eight to four. Ohio State dropped from three to five. USC stayed the same. Penn State stayed the same. 
Um, we have uh, Notre Dame jumped into the top 10 at 10. Tennessee jumped in at 9. Washington uh, Huskies dropped, jumped in at 8. And then we have um, Clemson dropped all the way to number 25 after their loss to Duke. Um, and the Colorado Buffaloes entered at 22, and the Duke Blue Devils hit 21. That's about all I'm going to do update-wise on the, on the AP poll. I just wanted to say, you know, we won't be able to do that on a Monday ever again this season, so might as well just fit it in while we can before we do the, the game look-ahead for West Virginia. Or, excuse me, Delaware. Pardon me. Yeah. All right, great. Um, long season ahead, uh, but those uh, polls are... Moving as we speak, um, shaping people's expectations as we continue to move forward from game one to two. All right, so here's uh, here's just some uh, big picture info on the game. Um, this is a noon game this coming Saturday uh, on Peacock. If you do not have a subscription to Peacock, uh, you might want to look into that Saturday morning at nine a.m. because that's the only way you're going to see this. Game. Michigan's game was on Peacock, by the way. So if yeah. you're watching the Penn State game, you won't be able to hit the back button to go to the other games that you're. You need a whole other TV or putting putting other games on your your laptop or your mobile device, or your iPad or something. Because this turning Peacock, into a can, rant. It, yeah, I'm a no. It's a dumb thing. It's a dumb thing. It should all be on NBC or CBS or the Big Ten Network. You know, the Big Ten Network or Fox. Like on the plus side, because the West Virginia game was on NBC, you'll be able to watch that replay for free. Yeah, it's true. Um, But in any case, um, Peacock is where the game is. I don't know anything about the commentators or anything like that. Um, We are playing the Fighting Blue Hens of Delaware, and. for those of you who aren't aware, Delaware is a state. It's one of our 50 states. It's the first state to sign the uh, Declaration of Independence or no, no, first state to sign the Constitution. Excuse me. There you go. Uh, um, and um, <laughs> the University of Delaware, that's uh, the largest university in Delaware, main campus in Newark. Uh, approximately Newark? Eight, yeah, I think that's how you pronounce it. Newark. Newark. Not Newark. Ask Newark. the locals. Trust me. Newark. Anyway, interesting thing about Local Newark, it's it's one mile from Maryland and three miles from Pennsylvania, right there in the little knobby corner of Delaware. Um, 18,000 undergraduate students, 4,000 graduate students. It's a land-grant university. Um, very similar Penn State, um, you know, in there in the state of Delaware. Why aren't we going to play for a trophy then? I agree. I mean, let's get it going. Um, Delaware football. They are an FCS team. They play in the football championship subdivision. This is the first ever head-to-head meeting of these two schools. And you think about what Penn State's been doing recently. Um, You know, we've played uh, a lot of cross-border teams, including West Virginia. And guess what? First time we're ever playing a team from Delaware, as far as I can tell. Really? Isn't that incredible? I Wow. That's interesting. I did not know that. Now, a couple of years ago, we wouldn't have been able to play an FCS team. Uh, the Big Ten had banned its members from uh, playing non-FBS schools in 2015, but then they changed the rule in 2017. So um, because uh, we only have four league matchups at home this year, we can add an extra game, and that extra game can be an FCS team. If we are playing five home conference games, we would not be able to play an FCS. It's interesting uh, little rule. But anyway, Delaware uh, is the beneficiary, um, and we get to uh, meet the Fighting Blue Hens on the field for the first time ever. Yeah. Um that's, I'm still shocked by that. <laughs> I really am. Um, but, you know, Andy, I just looked it up. We have a very strange record against FC, current FCS opponents all time. Uh, we are 116, 79, and 12. That's 79 yeah. losses and 116 wins. That's not an incredible record against FCS opponents. <laughs> I, so I think the caveat is, and this came, that the came current. from current. Yeah. It's like teams that are currently FCS teams. Right. So like you're talking about university of Pennsylvania, for example, I understand we played a lot, a lot back, back then, in the day. Then, and we were also not great then. 
and and so you know, but now those teams are FCS level teams, and um, they're not great. But you know, those are the teams that they're counting records against. So, yeah. um, I you know, I don't know, like, you know, in the modern era, how many FCS teams we've actually lost to. I yeah, can't like, imagine what do you that. Consider the modern era. Like, I don't since know, like 1970 fi- or yeah, 50s since 1950s or 60s, yeah. you know, the modern era nowadays you'd think is like, since like, you know, they've been keeping like recruiting rankings, <laughs> you know, yeah, like, I mean, certainly in the last 20 or 30 years, I can't imagine that we we've lost to an FCS team. I mean, I think, um, that, uh, Appalachian state a couple of years ago was the closest we probably have come. And, and that team is now in the F Villanova as well. Well, we played them, but we didn't come close to losing to them. Well, like our, we, did our, State. we were not good in the in run defense. We were not. <laughs> no, we were not good, but uh, we did not come close to losing that game against Villanova. That's, By the way, Tem- Villa- Temple was Temple ever an FCS team? I don't know. I don't believe so. Okay. They have a group group of five, but I don't think FCS. But okay. Um, by the way, Villanova is in the same conference as uh, Delaware. It's correct. Like Colonial, Colonial Athletic. Athletic. Association. Association. <laughs> are, you, are you deliberately? You deliberately? Oh, gosh. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm actually shocked this is the first time that this has happened. I did that podcast. intentionally, by the way. I figured. Um, okay, so um, yeah, Delaware football, they are not push- pushovers, as you as you mentioned in the previous podcast. Um, they have won six national championships in their history. Um, they... Uh, a couple of them were like back in the poll voting days um, in the 60s and 70s. But then when the um, NCAA playoffs for Division II, which became FCS, um, they have they have had two uh, championships won by those playoffs. Uh, most recently in, in 2003, they went to those same playoffs last year. They won in the first round. They lost in the quarterfinals to the eventual national champion, South Dakota. So um, this is a team that knows how to play football, but South Dakota has beat, um, you know, FBS teams and pulled upsets uh, against teams like uh, I think Iowa, maybe most recently, but um, last year, by the way, uh, Delaware also beat Navy 14 to seven. That's an FBS team. Um, so, uh, you know, this is this is a, a team that I think it'd be important for us to have some respect for. We've lost some recruiting uh, battles to them over the years or um, uh, guys in the transfer, like guys like Pat Devlin, Troy Reeder. Um, we also have recruits from the Delaware area um, in the past, Devin Still, Chris Godwin, Kyle Carter, and our current Sal Wormley. Um, he's a Delaware native. Um, and just for the record, they have some notable alums, including Joe Flacco um, and uh, Matt Nagy, former head coach of the Bears. Current, Nagy. Uh, Nagy. I mean, you're obviously not a Bears fan. Obviously not. <laughs> uh, he current offensive coordinator of the Chiefs. So um, uh, both of those guys, Joe and, and Matt, were uh, quarterback for uh, the Blue Hens. Um, you know, so pedigree is sort of one thing to help us get a sense of the team. Um, but then there's also like what they're doing these days, right? Um, so let's talk a little bit about um, what what you know, we have seen from Delaware recently and, and they've got one game under the belts as well. Um, their coach, Ryan Cardi, he's a second year head coach. Interestingly enough, last year he led them to the playoffs. So it's a pretty good start uh, for his coaching career. Uh, nine and five overall record at the end of the year last year. As we think about what we're going to see from Delaware, bro, do you have some information for us about uh, their offense, their defense, about what they've been up to this season so far already. Well, Andy, it's kind of hard when it's an FCS program to get a lot of information. You know, we're not insiders, we're not beat writers. Um, you know, we're 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 doing the best we got with what we got, and that's the internet. And um, by the way, thank you to Delaware for um, Delaware football for their Twitter feed because they posted a lot of highlights on there. That was uh, helpful to see what this right, team actually. Right. Puts That's on basically the how we were able to know a lot. And, <laughs> um, but so so you're talking about Ryan Cardi. He's 
he's their offensive coordinator. Like he does have a couple of his assistant head assistant coaches that are like pass game coordinators and run game coordinators in, in Terrence Archer and Chris Rogers respectively. But the, I'm quite positive that Ryan Carty, you know, his whole career has been like based, you know, he's built himself up as a, as a play caller and he, he runs a, um, you know, he, he runs like a, um, an explosive spread attack. Now, they're not like explosive from like a uh, always throwing downfield perspective, but it's explosive from just like th- they can get first downs, you know, rapidly with with like mul- multiple receiver sets. And they run they run a, a running back by committee as well. So you, you're not going to see any one running back have the the best stats every single uh, week, week in, week out. Um, they, they don't just run. Two running backs. They even run like three, uh, and they are, they spread the ball around to everybody. Uh, they they've they've um, they got a lot of receivers. Uh, they even got a Rutgers uh, dude who transferred in. He's got two years left. I think he was a freshman All American um, at one point. Um, but he he's he's Ryan Cardi. I mean, he knows what he's doing from a play calling perspective, and he knows what how to get the most out of his team. Um, his previous four seasons before uh, his, la- his season last year, which was his first season with the Blue Hens, he was the offensive coordinator uh, and quarterbacks coach at Sam Houston. Um, and he's recognized for his offensive success. Offensive success in the spring of 2021. He was named the FCS Coordinator of the Year by FootballScoop.com. And um, he was a top 40 coaches under 40. Um, and he played an, played an instrumental part in Sam Houston winning the 2020 FCS National Championship. Um, and, and so, he like, these are things that he might even be a guy on the rise, um, like, if he has success against Penn State and he's a success this year, he's a guy that could possibly get um, some run in the Power Five or, or Group of Five coming uh, out of Delaware. So we, we should not be taking this offense lightly. We should not be taking this team lightly. Uh, and that's not even getting into any of the players and any any of the end of their defense right now. Just just from Cardi's uh, Ryan Cardi's track record, it speaks for itself. And and I and I'm pretty sure that James Franklin is going to be well aware of all of these things. Um, yeah. Yeah, well, you hope so. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm just saying. I mean, look at what I think a team like I'm going to bring up Clemson again. A team like Clemson, I think, took a team like Duke completely. Like they, they didn't. I don't think they respected Duke. I think they mm, walked into yeah. that game thinking they were going to win handily. And and if you do that, you know, you're you're just opening yourself up for you know making mistakes. And those if those mistakes pile up, a team like this. Could could I? I'm not saying Delaware is going to beat Penn State. That's not what I'm saying here. I'm just saying you got to respect this team. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, one of the one of the impressions that you know you have coming out of that West Virginia game is, you know, of course nobody gave West Virginia a chance to win. Um, right. The spread was twenty point five, but it was close to, for a bit. It was not only that, but like West Virginia clearly came in with a very coherent game plan designed to help them to win. And they expected to win that game. They were planning to win that game. They were playing to win that game. And like, you know, just because you show up with a, a, you know, a national ranking ahead of your name on the marquee, just because you tout your, you know, recruiting, you know, pedigree and stuff like that, you know, another football team is not going to just roll over because, you know, you think, you deserve to win the game. So I, I agree with you. Um, but, you know, when it comes to an FCS type team, you certainly don't think, uh, you know, this is respectable football. I, I agree. This is a group of players that know what they're doing. And this is clearly a coach who knows what he's doing. Just a little bit of a, a, um, a tidbit along those lines is, um, you know, their results from Stony Brook, which was their first conference game, their first game of the season. They beat them 37 to 13. But look at these offensive numbers, 559 total yards, 7.1 yards per play. Uh, Their quarterback, Ryan O'Connor, threw for 414 yards. I'm sorry, the team threw for 414 yards. Ryan O'Connor threw for 346 yards. Their running back... Ran for 107 yards on 11 carries. That's you know almost 10 yards per carry, um, and they forced three turnovers. So 
even though you're saying, okay, it's Stony Brook, of course, but like, look, I mean, you're playing a real live football team who's trying to stop you. And, and man, they put up huge numbers. They clearly know what they're doing. In fact, one of their offensive plays was featured on the sports center, top 10 plays of the week, um, you know, really great catch by one of the receivers. So, well, you just uh, outlined that, that quarterback's numbers, their quarterback from last year, who I, I got it. He went, went on to the NFL. I don't know if he's still on a roster right now, but Nolan Henderson threw for 3,231 yards, a completion percentage of nearly 65%, 32 touchdowns, only nine interceptions, a rating of 145.7. They know how to throw the ball. They know how to like get guys in position to, to be successful from the quarterback position. Um, and, you know, <laughs> nine different receivers caught a pass in that game, Andy. Uh, yeah, so he's me, not- nine yeah, nine receivers caught a pass in that game. And and last year, three they had three different wide receivers go for over 600 yards. Another wide receiver was over 470 yards, and then they had three other players with at least uh, nearly 200 yards of receiving. So they distribute the ball well, and they yeah, know we're not going to be able to key on us one or two guys, right? 100. I mean, Everyone's yeah. going to need to be locked in on every play because you don't know where it's coming, you don't know where it's going to. And and they, they the the quarterbacks can their quarterbacks can run run the ball a, d- a decent amount. I'm not saying they're going to be lighting it up from a, a running back or a quarterback perspective, but no, but Nolan Henderson, um, yeah, he had 150 yards and four touchdowns last year at, with a long of 33. Like he could he could cut loose if it, Nolan Henderson c- could cut loose last year. Um, I, I didn't look at what Brian O'Connor's uh, run, rushing numbers were for in the game. I'm trying to pull him up here uh, real quick um, because that obviously you know we've we've now shown that a mobile quarterback we got to be a account account for you know yeah yeah i mean that's definitely uh um and, and again i don't know how many mobile quarterbacks we're gonna face and uh, ryan ryan connor wasn't running the ball i'm now seeing he actually was was getting sacked a bunch so yeah so maybe yeah. maybe less concerning on that front thankfully so, but, some opportunities for our defense maybe but their regard. second string running back ran for over 100 yards <laughs> so they're yeah wow they're happy to they're happy to have a two-headed monster there um, you know, and so it's just, you don't know any given week where these attacks are going to come from. Yeah. And, um, again, Delaware football was posting, you know, some of their key plays, um, on, on Twitter and, um, just from these clips, like, you know, this is clear that this football team knows how to play football. Well, they're, the, they're, they're blocking for their runners team, yeah. but this program has pedigree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They've won national titles in the past, yeah. including this head coach, Ryan Carty was on the 2003 national title team. No so, kidding. so, you know, they're, they're a team that can, that, that can be, you know, dangerous at times. I'm sure that our, our, our personal depth will probably prevail in the end. I mean, it's, but, but looking at like Duke, you know, again, I'm going to bring it up. Clemson had f- something like 56 um, blue chip players on their team. That's four and five star players on that team. Duke had two. All right. Oh, man. So, so we wow. probably have a we probably have a few less blue chip guys on our team th- than Clemson, and I'm sure Delaware has none. The point is that disparity can be overcome if we show up not ready to play our best yeah, game I mean, and put our best foot forward because that's what Clemson literally beat themselves in a lot of ways in that game. Yeah, and and of course Duke came in not expecting you know, to just roll over. They came in with a great game plan to try to, to capitalize and, and they played well. Um, but yeah, I mean, talent can make a huge difference, but you still have to execute, you know, uh, effectively against a team that's, that's trying to beat you. Um, yeah. Let's talk I- about Delaware's defense. Cause you know, I mean, obviously they have a very prolific offense. Um, what, what, are, what might we see on defense? Well, uh, let's just real quick mention that their defensive coordinator is a combination of Manny Diaz and Tony Rojas. It's Manny Rojas. Manny Rojas, Rojas, <laughs> Manny. <laughs> All uh, right. That'll be easy to remember anyway. <laughs> yeah, right? Because we're, we're going to need to remember that, obviously. Don't know if um, it has any bearing in actually what we'll see, but. Well, he's their, he's their DC. He brings up more than a decade of coaching experience. He previously spent two seasons as uh, in 17 and 18 as UD's, that's the University of Delaware's linebackers coach. And, his fifth, and, and in his 15 seasons 
as a college coach and player, he has been part of seven conference championships and five NCAA playoff appearances. So, I mean, they got a guy back there who who knows what he's doing um, because some he, he, his defense in 22 was one of the best in the country. Helped um, lead, the, lead the UD team uh, back into the FCS playoffs. And in five of their wins last year, the defense held opponents to 10 points or less. Wow. Yeah, and it, they wow. led their they led their conference and ranked second in the nation in both scoring defense and passing defense while ranking third in total defense. Um uh, that points per game were 18.2. The passing defense was they gave up uh 137.8 yards per game and total defense they gave up 282.6 points uh yards per game, excuse me. And they they ranked fourth in the in their, you know, con, you know, in their excuse me, in their division that is uh, FCS, fourth in both forced fumbles with 14 um and uh, I, I read that wrong. It's just is it, they ranked fourth in in forced fumbles with fourteen. Uh, six members of their defense were all C all conference honors on the defensive side, including three selections to the first team. So he knows how to coach them, and he knows how to use them, and he knows how to get results with his players. And I'm I'm imagining that this year is probably uh, no different. They run a three three five. That's three defensive linemen, three linebackers, and five um, uh, defensive backs. That's their base defense. Interesting. Um, I don't feel like we see many defense. No, no, structured no, like that. You, yeah, and it'll be interesting to see how our, you know, new offensive line um, <laughs> with a new left guard and a new starting center. See how they they you know take on a, a three three five. Uh, that'll be a, wanna, a good test for them, I think. I just want to get back to the the defensive coordinator for a moment, and and truthfully, like those. Like I was prepared for you know their offense to be good and like and then not their defense crappy defense <laughs> yeah. and like this is a little concerning that like their defense is also like nationally ranked um, again in FCS in FCS but still like um, I, and it just it just reminds well, it me you, you know it makes you wonder is 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 it like is the best in the FCS as good as some of the group of five or are they still set below group of five right i mean i'm sure there are bad group of five teams maybe even bad power five teams yeah, yeah. that I would mean, struggle with a top uh, fcs uh team um northwestern might be the worst power uh, five out yeah, there right now. yeah absolutely um so you know i i guess the thought i had though was you know rewind the clock 10 15 20 years i'm not sure how long ago mike yursich was coaching for a lower division Shippenburg. team. Yeah, yeah, right? So, like, and, and, like, here he is, one of the top offensive coaches in all of major college football. And, you know, sure, he's gained some experience and all that kind of stuff, but, like, the things that made him a brilliant offensive mind took shape at these lower levels. I think it's important to recognize, like, these are the stepping stones for the future great coaches that we're going to be talking about. You already mentioned it with their head coach. Um, I, I, you know, it sounds like, you know, James Franklin, Manny Diaz, Mike Yersich, they're going to be facing off against a couple of coaches that really know what they're doing and have proven it in their own division to be, you know, at the top of their game. Well, so here's what I'll say, Andy. It's not about the X's and O's. It's about the Jimmy's and Joe's. <laughs> well, right? I mean, you know, we were just saying about that with Clemson. Well, I'm just... It, it's true that's until fair. it's not. That's true. That's fair. I did say that. <laughs> All right. That's fine. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And I just... <laughs> I can't believe it. Uh, that's amazing. I just shut, shut you down. That, I, this never happened before. All right. We're signing off now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we interrupt this program. Um, well, let's get back to the defense because you're you're. I interrupt you when you're just talking about their uh, scheme of three three five. Um, you know, what are some of the ways that we've um, you know sort of well, I, seen I that play out, and, and any key players that we should be aware of. I can't personally think of any three three fives that that we've played in recent memory. I don't know if Villanova played a three three five. I can't recall. They might have at times. Yeah, they were doing um, something weird that we it, weren't expecting. It wasn't helpful, whatever they were doing. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but so and I and I can't really get a good read on on what to expect from like some of these players um on their defense. Um, what I'll say is that that 
you know, Stony Brook this last week, you know, because we, we have a few things we can go off of. And Stony Brook gained 327 yards on them. Uh, and by the way, Delaware is ranked as the 22nd ranked team in FCS right now. So they are a ranked team currently. Um, and, and 21st in their coaches poll for, for what it's worth. But but the this defense is is has a tall task all right to 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 play Penn State's offense and especially i i really like if anything Drew Aller should be able to tear these guys apart you know they you would hope they're their secondary, you know, they they got three interceptions last week against Stony Brook. One of them was returned for a fifty yard touchdown um, by l- linebacker, I think, converted safety linebacker Ty Davis, um, and it was their first pick six pick six since two thousand nineteen. And by the way, Delaware also threw three ints in the game. Um, huh. But the, a couple of standout performances beyond that that play and those three ints were. Um, Tyron Herring led the defense with eight tackles and an interception, while Jackson Taylor added seven. Um, and those those guys are um, uh, are are, are Ty, Tyron Herring is a is a cornerback, and Jackson Taylor is a linebacker. So so th- it doesn't sound like the strength of their team is in the defensive line, from what I can tell. Um, and and I I just it seems to me that that if anything maybe their secondary is their strongest uh, link, but I I just you 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 if they're even half as good as West Virginia on in the back end, which is maybe you know giving them too much credit, I I think we'll have a field day throwing the ball. But but like what do you what do you want to see from your team? You know, like you want to shore up your run game. I feel like too at the same time. And if their secondary is their strong suit, are they going to be like, you know, are they they, have, they run five defensive backs? They run three defensive linemen. Like, can you take advantage of that, or are you going to just try and go strength on strength? Um, it, it'll be really interesting to see how we what kind of game plan we dial up because it did. I did feel like our game plan against West Virginia was counter to what a lot of people were expecting. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I I think. You're right in that regard, but in terms of that, I think that had more to do with our uncertainty about the Penn State passing game. I think when you look at West Virginia's defense, what's the opportunity? It's to throw the ball, and that's what we did. So, you know, I I, I don't. I'm curious to know. I mean, it it seems do, like. Do you think that our offensive game plan shifted from what it was going into the game, or do you think that was the game plan all along, and they were like adamant? I think the way. West Virginia ran the cover zero, probably dictated some of what they were going to do. I think. Do you think they anticipated the cover zero? I think Drew was was um, making adjustments at the line of scrimmage to call their cover zero play sure. when he saw it. So, yeah. um, you know, I think. Do you, you think know, West Virginia will run cover zero? <laughs> you mean they, Delaware? They, oh, that I keep saying that. I mean yeah. Delaware. My assumption uh, is they probably won't because they have they'll be running five D backs. Yeah, I don't mean right. So, so it'll be interesting to see. I mean, based on their last year's numbers, they had the second passing defense in the FCS. I mean, it might be the opposite of West Virginia, where the pass defense is their strength, and and we might have a chance to run the ball against them with a little more success. So, um, it, you know, it'll be interesting to see that. I also think it's important to note that last year um, against the triple option, they held Navy. Uh, to seven points. So now Navy had a first time head coach, I believe, or it was their first head coach. Uh, uh, excuse me, their head coach's first season is what I meant to say. Last year? Last year, I think. Or no, no, no. Ken was, no, Ken, no, no. no that was his last year. Yeah, right. That was Ken Nia Tamalo, or I'm not sure I'm yeah, I have correctly. Some, some other fact floating through my brain. Yeah, so, yeah. They're, so, they're, but, their new coach this year, you watched it lose. Bad yeah, to Notre, Notre Dame, Dame on um, but, game but one. Yeah, so Week so zero. you know, a, a, an FBS team who runs the triple option got shut down by Delaware. So I don't I don't know um, I, I don't know about that, but I I you know I think that's a good point to transition. Just talking about like our sense of this matchup. I mean, in some respects, the, talking about the, how we match up against them is feels a little bit. Um, 
not necessary. I mean, we're 33 and a half point favorites by a couple of measures that I saw. Uh, you know, FPI gives them 1% chance to win, which makes me <laughs> feel like... Uh, 1.1, you know, by the way. Sorry, excuse me. I would need to take that point tenth one. of a percentage away. Uh, <laughs> I don't know where but, you saw that line, but but I have not seen too many definitive uh, I mean, most betting odds. Most folks won't even take bets against uh, you know an FC, uh, FBS there FCS. will be there will be ways to bet on this game I'm quite obviously certain. but I'm just <laughs> I'm saying that's why you're not seeing a lot of lines is because it, it'll come not, out in the next non-standard days, I but like. um I I really think it's interesting to think about what Penn State is expecting to get out of this game besides a win so what do you think we're looking to do with this opportunity to play for the first time ever, the Delaware Fighting Blue Hens, what do we hope to see on offensive defense? What do we what do we want to, as fans, what do we want to see besides just a solid win? Um, well, here I'm thinking about Illinois right now. You know, so in respect to what we didn't see in Game One versus what we want to see happen before Game Three against Illinois, I want to see the run game and the offensive line dominate. A lesser opponent you just have to get some yeah you just have to to like get that part of the game going because you i think we already you know believe in what we have at quarterback now i think we already now believe in what we have at uh wide receiver now um and i'm not saying that's forever for till the end of time i'm just saying you got that going in game one against a, a power five opponent all right check in the box all right now let's let's keep that going to a certain extent while enveloping in the power you know the dominant run game and on top of that for the love of everything holy please <laughs> get theo johnson the ball <laughs> yeah i agree with that give the man a touch please yeah. So and and defensively, I, I'm not looking to like. I'm not looking to like like to see and anyone season. <laughs> you know, I'm just not looking to see like uh, you know ten sacks in the game or else you know what the heck are we doing? I'm not like 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 I but I do want to see the defensive line assert its its dominance. All right. I I don't need it to be you know, sack on every play kind of thing, tackles for loss on every play kind of thing, but I do need to see a progress from them. I do need to see some development from game one. So I'm hoping that they watch the game film and they're correcting, you know, some of their techniques and some of the, the play calls and miscommunications and which gaps are whose and, you know, Abdul Carter finding the right, you know, making the right reads. Uh, but, you know, the secondary seems like they are pretty locked in. The line Curtis Jacobs seems like he's pretty locked in. Kobe had a decent game. I want to see Abdul Carter the defensive line kind of shore up some of their mistakes from game one. Yeah, I think for me, um, I'm with you on the uh, on the passing game. I, I mean, I remember I think it was against Villanova. We had like from the first play a scrimmage or something like a 75 yard touchdown, throwing touchdown. That was fun, but like it seems like the rest of the game we never got into a rhythm offensively. I would be more interested in seeing us get into a regular rhythm offensively than throwing a couple of long bombs for Drew Aller, who we all know that he can probably do that. I would love to see this run game get going and really turn yards. Um, if the running backs get loose a couple of times, that would be fine with me. Yeah, um, obviously. I, not to say that I don't want to see Drew Aller connect with his receivers, and certainly I'd love to get Theo Johnson some touches, but... I'm not looking to just air it out the entire day and throw long bombs over the top of their secondary. No, no, no. Um, so I think defensively, um, I'm with you. I'm not like, I don't feel like I need to beat up on an FCS team with tons of sacks and tackles for loss. This is the type of game where you get your backups a lot of reps, including yeah. Bo Perbula. Yeah. You know? So so uh, what what I was going to say is on the on the defensive side, what I'm really more interested in seeing is first of all uh, some takeaways. I want to see either some you know fumble recoveries or interceptions, preferably both, uh, preferably more than just a few, just one or two. Um, and I want to see clean tackling. I I, I want to see our guys, especially our first stringers, wrap up. Um, you know not you know, not let yards after, you know, first contact. I, I want to see guys shutting down as soon as you get there, shutting down the forward progress. 
I'm with you. I, I think I'd love to see a lot of time. I, I want the 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 game score to be such, and the and the performance of the team to be such that um, the second string offense can get a lot of touches. Um, you know, maybe midway through the third quarter. But Bo, Bo, by the way, the the, the announcer um, in the stadium said his last name as Pribula. Okay, for Pribula. whatever rhymes with fibula. Pribula. Bueller. <laughs> I don't know if that's accurate, but that's more, you know, I think uh, authoritative than us just guessing. So, Bula. Bo Pribula. Um, <laughs> I, I want Bula from now on. And I'd, I mean, truthfully, this might be a chance to give Bo Pribula 15 game minutes and then get J- Jackson Smolik, you know, five minutes even at the end of the I'd game. like to confirm we can get uh, Bo Pribula. 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 I'd love to see Pribula get um, significant action in this game. Like yeah, at a minimum. Minutes. At a minimum. Yeah, it, Smolik would be great, but that to me, that's like, well, that's not, I don't care so much. He's, they're not going to let him throw the ball. So I care more about Pribula. Pribula? Pribula? <laughs> rhymes with Fibula. Drew Alar. <laughs> <laughs> Alar and Pribula. <laughs> Um, I, yeah, I, 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 we want to make sure our backup quarterback gets a good run and like, you know, behind under center. Um, yeah, but, I'd love to see, uh, some of those true freshmen, um, you know, linebackers and, uh, and defensive backs that we've been hearing a lot about. I'd love to see them get a lot of action on the defense. You'd love to see them well. get a lot of action and actually like show, Perform well. assert their dominance too against yeah. a, an yeah. FCS team. Yeah, That's actually. What, Cause these are guys that like well. would start on those teams, you know? Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> So you'd 100%. like to say, yeah. Um, so, uh, well, so like right now they'd be starting on those teams is what I mean. While we're talking about our, our, our hopes and dreams for, uh, what, what we'll see with Penn state this coming week. Uh, I think now would be a great time to bring on Joel Bettner for by the numbers. Cause he's going to help us, uh, bring this into some of the specifics that everyone would love to hear. So, uh, Joel, why don't you come on in and we're going to open up by the numbers. Not alert by the numbers. Not alert by the numbers. Not alert by the numbers. <laughs> Joel, you pushing your glasses back on your face so you can uh, take a look at your spreadsheets and uh, hit us with all your numbers? <clears throat> yes, sir. Well, b- before we get into this week's numbers, let's go over last week's numbers. Oh, yes, please. All right. So last week was all about, you know, unknowns and new players so i asked you guys how many times will the announcers mispronounce <laughs> aller's name as alar i'm still doing now, it <laughs> <laughs> i gotta hand it to the announcers i did i heard zero wow and andy you guessed four tom you guessed five point to andy andy Woo-hoo. loser <laughs> <laughs> And then I also asked you, how many turnovers will the defense get against West Virginia? And I, we, we all anticipated a few more. We were excited. Uh, but unfortunately, we, we put up a goose egg. Andy, you guessed three. Yeah. Tom, you guessed two. If Point. Dante Cephas would have caught that touchdown pass, I would have been correct. No, we, he, bro, you, well, you, you guessed two. Interceptions. Oh, I I thought I four. I look. Oh, I'm looking at the one, the wrong one here. You're looking at the wrong and one, then, bro. Pay I also asked how many touchdowns will Aller be credited for against West Virginia, pass uh, and rush, whatever. He was three touchdowns. Tom, you guessed four, and Andy to take home the win for Week One with yes. three wow. right on the money. So, <laughs> Week winner. One winner of the week, Andy. Gets, gets I still the blame point. Dante Cephas. I still blame Dante Cephas. It's all his fault. <laughs> I would have won. Write him, write him some strongly worded emails. I will paint him some strongly painted pictures. <laughs> <laughs> crayons. Let's be honest. On, on how to be crayons at best. I really needed you there, Dante. Step one. Uh, all right. So I like it. As as we've mentioned on this this show, or you guys mentioned on this show before, the most improvement comes between weeks two and weeks one. Um, so my questions this week are kind of geared towards our tune-ups. How will we look? And, you know, since we're playing Delaware, I, I don't anticipate, I really hope we don't have to see a lot of special teams action. 
Uh, not a lot out of the kicking game. Uh, so I left those questions out, but I th- still think we have some question marks about getting better with the run and stopping the run. So this one's just kind of for fun. How we a very close split last game, 13 for Singleton, 10 carries for Allen. So who will have more rushing attempts, Singleton or Allen? Now this this time Tom, you get to ask, uh, guess first. Um I am going to say Singleton. I think it feels like a, a safe bet. But also, I could see it where it's like Singleton busts out some biggins, and then and then Allen kind of you know gets more of the the workhorse effort, you know. So I'm still gonna say Singleton, um, but I could I I was this close to picking Allen. Andy, who are you gonna pick? Hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's Allen. Next. <laughs> um. Just. To be contrary, I'm gonna pick Trey Potts. Wow. He's not one of the he's not one of the the options. You can't pick him. You can't go outside the bounds, Andy. Okay, then Allen. <laughs> yeah, no crap. Okay, next. <laughs> well, it's it's interesting because playing an FCS opponent, like you said, yeah. Singleton might That's run away Andy, with the, the first three runs and then they just they just grind out of Not Potts. going with yardage, but going with number of rushing attempts. All right, so we also had the same number of rushing yards against West Virginia as they had against us. Yep. Yeah, that's yep. kind of an interesting stat. 146, 146 I think. Yep. Which is, I mean, it's it's not it's not bad, but I think Nothing we can to write home about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and hopefully we do that this week. And so, Andy, how many total rushing yards will we have against the Fighting Blue Hens? Two hundred forty-nine. Ooh. Tom. Three. 301. <laughs> Amazing. I thought you were going to do like a 247 or a 250. Yeah. I would have All definitely right. taken the underside of that, but uh, yeah, I like it. Locking like it, it in. I'm locking it in. And as as we've mentioned before, these this is not Price is Right rules. This is just closest. closest. You can be over. All right. Now, Again, since we had the same amount of rushing yards against West Virginia as they had against us, Lord help us if that's the same case against Delaware. Oh, dear so, Lord. Don't even say it. How many total rushing yards will Delaware have? Am I going? Tom, you're going. Okay. So I definitely think that we will hold them. I think we're going to hold them to under 100. I'm going to say 97. That's fascinating. The, the number I had in my mind was 79. Ooh. Pick but, it. But uh, just, Pick because, it. Where's just, your... just because I can, I'm going with 96. One less than you have. Oh, perfect. Because I definitely think they're going to get over. No. <laughs> 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 well, if they do, you'll win that one for sure. That's amazing. One dollar, Bob. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next one. It's how many passing yards will Pribula have? Because, I mean, I don't know how... This basically boils down to how often or how soon do you think he's going to get in and how much do you think they're going to let him whip let the ball around? I, I think um, he will get in early. I think he will be given the opportunity to throw the ball a bit just because they want to give him some game action. Um, he does seem to be more of a running quarterback, so I don't think that he's going to certainly spend the whole afternoon, you know, airing it out when he's in there. But I, you know, I think, I think he could have 49 passing yards, 49. Um, he was one for one for seven yards to Malik mega. It was a the, good pass too on, on fourth down, I believe. But I, we, this is where or we're going to start balancing third, what we want number. our offensive identity to be and offensive philosophies for the season. It's just it's tough to gauge on the the FCS opponent situation here. And if we do get a 301 rushing yards, like why would we be we would be we would be throwing it for like oh we're going to get a first down here we need to throw it here whatever I don't think they'll not throw it based on just trying to run the clock out. Oh man, 49 you said. I'm going to go 53. That's a very Thank easy you. One. That Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's a bummer. Yeah. I mean, this is well, the way it goes. This is the way it goes, bro. You go first, then I go first and vice versa. I think Pribla is getting in in the first half, and I think wow. he's going to have 
I personally think he's going to have over 100 yards, but we'll see. Now, with I think they're going to let him air it out. They want to see what he can do. Respect to their defense, they had the second best pass defense in the country last year yeah. in their FCS, just for what it's worth. So yeah, I, I'd be surprised. I mean, obviously, if Penn State's got 35 points in the first half, I think Bo Pribula will be in at that point. I, I'd be surprised if he's in before halftime, but uh, that would mean things are going really well for the Penn State offense. So, uh, yeah, well, I guess we shall see. Yeah. And now just to put a nice little bow on things, I want to get you guys' game score predictions. Um, I will go first. Um. I think that I mean this is an FCS opponent. I I think that if James Franklin and this team is serious about winning a Big Ten and is serious about making a run at the, at the CFP and watching what some of these other teams did against you know lesser competition like East Carolina, they did not Michigan did not have a clean game. You know, obviously Ohio State played a Big Ten opponent, but did not have a clean game. I think that James Franklin is like thinking about his new toy and and the, <laughs> and, the, and the toys that he has on his team, and that being receivers and running backs. And I think Yursich ha- finally has like a full complement of weapons at every position and at every like level. And I think scoring points is going to be important moving forward and you know even Ohio State just dropped two two positions in the in the rankings from having a, a poor showing. It matters in college football, sadly, that you look good when you win. Scoring points matters. And well, especially it, against inferior competition. Precisely. Um and and some and you even said that I don't know where you saw it, but was it Adam Rittenberg kind of docked Penn State for scoring a um not docked, but like um negated that, that final touchdown from his synopsis of what Penn State did with West Virginia. Yeah. Yep. You know, so okay, so we were thirty one to fifteen against West Virginia. So like if that's the case, you know, scoring more points is gonna matter. I'm gonna say that, you know, I, I predicted forty five to ten against West Virginia. I'm gonna predict fifty five to ten against um this team here, the Blue Hens of Delaware. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I counted eighteen points left on the board. Right. Um by missed field goals and missed touchdown opportunities. So, you know, 38 plus 18 is 56. Um, I think our offense has the high octane possibilities and I don't expect that Delaware's defense is going to be as good as West Virginia's, um, which I think they, West Virginia's defense showed some, some heart. So yeah, I mean, like 50, 56 points for Penn State sounds right to me. I'm thinking that. Um, do you know what the score is uh, against Delaware? Excuse me, against Villanova two years ago when we played uh, their FCS. Was it like thirty something to like fourteen? Thirty eight to seventeen. Yeah, and I think some of those seventeen was you know, in the third and fourth quarter yeah, with against our, our second and third stringers. Um, so I, I'm, I'm calling 17 for Delaware. I think they are going to score some points and it'll be largely against our, our backups. I think they're going to run a dynamic explosive offense. So um, I'm going 56, 17. I've got you locked in for 56, 17. Yeah. That I feel like the, the Penn state score isn't the tricky one there. It's the, it's yeah. how, how much are they going to score against backups is kind of the, the big question mark for me, at least. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I, I certainly would love to see an FCS team held scoreless or, or, you know, to no touchdowns, but I, I think the odds are that things are going to get a little loose by the second half of the game, certainly into the fourth quarter. And yeah, they'll score some, the Delaware, uh, team will feel good about that. And then we'll also have some, you know, film for our, uh, second and third stringers to uh, take a look at. So, yeah. Well, I, well, I also, also don't, don't want to put know. us on too high of a pedestal. Yeah. Yeah. The right. last time, the last time we started talking about, oh well, our guys out like are a lot better was when we played Illinois. You guys had right. talked about how nine, nine that, that didn't go our way that week. No, it did not. Yeah. Um, so 
I also don't know how much I I put in uh, in the stock of we see our most improvements between week one and week two because of because of this opponent specifically. So um, I think I'll, I'll, to me I'm going to reserve that like improvement. You know, looking looking at Penn State from an improvement standpoint, I'll be looking at that Illinois game more so. Absolutely. Well, Joel, thanks for joining us for by the numbers. Appreciate it. Uh, we'll look forward to seeing you again next week, man. Ciao with you well soon. Well, bro, that's that's all I got. I mean, I I feel good about that uh, Delaware uh, look ahead and the scouting report. I mean, uh, you know, best we can do for an FCS opponent on short notice. I know a lot more about <laughs> Delaware than I ever thought I would. And yeah, I hope this is helpful to you all. Um, Want to remind you all to subscribe, uh, follow us, uh, share with your Penn State friends, uh, let them know about our podcast, write a review, give us a rating. Uh, hey, send us an email. Shane's looking for some company in that mailbag, I'm sure. By this time next week, we'll have two games under our belt. I I can just feel it's a 2-0 and start to the season at yeah, this point. Yeah, better be. <laughs> Uh, we'll have more to talk about. Uh, the Delaware game is also looking ahead to our first Big Ten opponent in Illinois. Uh, so that's to look forward to next week. And, of course, looking forward to that Penn State game at noon on Peacock uh, on Saturday. Um, but until then, bro, it always starts with I love you. And it ends with I love you. It always starts with I love you. Love you, bro. We are Penn State. Thanks for listening to the Blue and White Brothers. Join us next time for another great episode about Penn State football. Want to make sure you don't miss an episode? Be sure to hit subscribe before you go. And if you enjoyed the show, please don't hesitate to give us a five-star review with overwhelming words of adulation and praise. 